Welcome to Podheim, Jirok's Valheim podcast. Let's give him the business. Hey, everybody. Today is May 10th, 2022. I'm your host, Jirok the Viking, and joining me today are my fellow Vikings, Gwen the Shield Maiden. Buongiorno a tutti. Jarl Tolkis. Bonjour, ça va? And joining us this week is Shield Maiden Marie. Hello, everybody. Have you ever been mining in the sunken crypts? But there's that one piece of scrap metal stuck in the alcove that's really hard to hit. You reposition and hit the wall over and over, but still, you can't reach it. Eventually, you give up because you just can't give it the business. Well, no worries. We're going to give you the business instead. Anyone here ever spend too much time or just end up giving up trying to get that last bit of scrap metal from those alcoves? I never give up. I'm one of those (laughs) OCD players that will literally do a sweep through the entire dungeon, pointing at the floor just in case there's one tiny bit of scrap metal left. (laughs) But, you know, there's always these like uh, uh, wall floors with the rubble in it. And there's, you know, there's always Mm -hmm. metal there somewhere. Yeah, I will hit that wall until I eventually get it or or just, yeah, after 10 tries, I give up. But yeah, there's My never quality. anything coming out of those either. It's just to say it's clean now. I've cleaned, I've completely completed, finished with this dungeon. There's nothing left in it. Yeah, it's just there to tease. Like <laughs> <laughs> The game is just pointing fingers. I've never really hit that point with iron. It's been copper that i just kind of stop after a while oh you feel like you've got enough copper you say yeah there's whatever's left somebody else can have it yeah Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah Uh, okay well marie welcome to the podcast it's so great to have you this week thank you for having me jirak i appreciate it yeah can you tell us a little bit about uh, your uh, video gaming history and then how did you find valheim And then eventually, how did you find my servers? So for me, a lot of my gaming history really only dates back to like 2018. Because for the most part, I just never had Steam. Yeah, we had Nintendo Wii where I was, but I only played some at the time. Did also play a little bit of Xbox, but nothing too much. And I did like a lot of FPSs. That would be... Siege, and also some COD and whatnot. And after a while, I just got so burnt out on it. And finally, a few of my friends were just like, hey, you should check out this game. It's called Valheim. I took a look at it. And ever since I got started and went into uh, the first boss fight against Eggtear, I fell in love with the game since then. So you went from... Uh, First-person shooters uh, mainly uh, to survival games. Is that is that the path? Mm-hmm. Competitive to co- cooperative mm-hmm. games, especially. Ah, yeah, it's, it's quite a different gaming experience to be, you know, you against everybody else versus now you just working with everyone else. Mm-hmm. Well, also coming from like FPSs, I always see them as like super intense, high adrenaline, like always on the go, always like you have to pay attention to everything. And Valheim is like almost the complete opposite. Most of the time you're just exploring. It's pretty chill. The landscape is nice. You can watch the sunset. (laughs) It's quite a different uh, experience, isn't it? 
you still have to pay attention. Yeah, true. There's a lot of things sneaking up. <laughs> I do remember the one time I first met the trolls. Oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> For as big as they are, they just sneak up on you. <laughs> yeah, that's why their armor gives the sneak bonus. <laughs> All right. Good point, Tolkis. Yeah, have you ever seen a troll sneaking up on you? Exactly. <laughs> well, yeah, you've never seen him crouched in that sneak position because he's too good at it, huh? Mm-hmm. Well, so you came, uh, you you did a lot of FPS and then you found Valheim from friends' recommendations. How did you eventually find um, Jirak's Viking playground community? So I think this is going to be kind of the same story as some of the others. After, I think it was April, like the rest of the party and I, we ended up finally defeating Yaglith. And at that point, it the server just kind of fell dead, where it was primarily just me out and about exploring. Mm. And mm. after a while, I was coming home from work on on the weekends, and I found your channel and threw you on while I was making breakfast, and I could really get behind a different style of Valheim where you actually are developing societies. Yeah. Well, that's great. So basically you, you, it's a story that uh, I know Gwen's pointed out a lot too, that uh, every uh, you're, you're playing with friends and then they kind of uh, get, they're finished with Valheim and they move on, but you're, you still want to play it. And then you find Mm -hmm. my videos and my community, uh, uh, you know, I mentioned on YouTube and you decided to check it out. And after all these months, you're still here. Mm-hmm. It's a phenomenal community. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I find these uh, these entries when we talk about how we found the server and how we got into Valheim, it, the, it kind of sounds like an AA meeting. <laughs> so, how did you find Valheim? What got you into the server? <laughs> well, welcome to oh, Valheim no. Anonymous. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I play yeah. too much Valheim, and this is the only place I could do it in secret. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I I only have 652 hours on Valheim compared to, mm. I'm pretty sure other people are already in the four digits. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There was a, on the, the Discord earlier uh, this week or, or last week, people were sharing how many hours they've done and uh, wow, yeah. I, mm. I felt bad with my 800 something or 700 hours. Uh, yeah, a lot of people have doubled that. <laughs> I think Gorf is at 4,000. 4,000 yeah, hours? That, something like crazy. that, yes. Like, I have 1,400. I know Jirok has something around 2,000 something, more or less. Yeah, I'm just but, about to break 2,000 probably in the next week or two. Yeah, and Gorf, I mean, he, he crazy, man. He crazy. <laughs> But how many of those hours are AFK? That's the thing, right? (laughs) Yeah. Well, I see him on the server all the time. Yeah. 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 Not just the server, but by himself as well. He's playing on his strongly modded server. He sends me pictures sometimes where he's, and recently he sent me a picture on, there's a mod where you can 
basically mount all the uh, Forsaken, and he sent me a picture of him riding the Aiktir through the sky. Or the next picture was with him, him on Mulder, just doing doing the Dragonborn theme song. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, he sent me mm-hmm. a, a text message about uh, riding um, riding the creatures in the game as mounts, all the various ones. He asked me to ask you if we could Im- implore dual wielding on the server. Mm. <laughs> well, yeah, those mods are, uh, yeah. uh, you know, anything that requires um, the players to have a mod is something we've avoided because we keep the silver vanilla, uh, but mm-hmm. we do allow the players to have client side mods. So I think dual, mm-hmm. I'm not sure if dual wielding would require a server side mod, but. No, but, you've seen me doing it on our recent Star Wars tour. Well, yeah, that's an admin thing, though, <laughs> and it's and it's a fake dual wielding. It's just the illusion. It's of- the wearable trophies one, isn't it? Yeah, no, just- I was actually. You two were fakes. I was actually dual wielding. Oh, did and you? I did that one, and I did it with Searcher as well. When I was uh, in a duel there back then, when I did the Searcher event. Oh, what, which which mod wielding. are you using to dual wield? It's dual called Dual Wield by Smooth Brain. Hmm. That seems like a good nice. title for a dual wielding mod. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what it says on the tin. So anyone do anything interesting over the last week or this weekend? Marie, how about yourself? Uh, this last Wednesday, uh, Morning Darkness and I did a uh, started our no map run also with uh, another creator called Petrolux. First day went pretty well, I think. Not too many casualties. Starting to figure out which way is north, which way is south, getting all that figured out. Anybody get lost? A couple times. Uh, <laughs> morning Darkness and Petra got lost. I pretty much stuck around keeping up progress on the home camp, making sure that we have somewhere that can get a good rested buff. And is, then, Was it your first uh, time playing Nomap? Yes. How are you finding it? It's not as bad as I thought it was going to be. <laughs> Just had to get my bearings every once in a while, figure out which way I was going. But other than that, it's not too terribly difficult. Did did it feel yeah. more immersive? Like you had to pay attention to where you were at more often? And did you enjoy that experience? I do enjoy it. It's not going to be that I'm going to completely convert over to no map. But I'll give this one go and maybe return for another one at a later time. And then also recently over on your server, Jirok, I'd been doing broadcasts working on a new great hall just to hopefully leave a mark on the server. <laughs> Ooh. Mm, cool. Cool. How about you, Gwen? Anything interesting this last week or weekend? Not really. I think after the previous weekend, which was quite a busy one, I was away doing medieval stuff. Uh, it was nice to have a, a just a break, a weekend of uh, nothing planned. Just did some tidying, uh, some yeah, house chores basically. Um, uh, but yeah, I've got a busy weekend coming ahead with potentially more medieval stuff. I haven't decided yet if I will go. Uh, there's like a there's a medieval uh, reenactment thing, event, it's a battle of Luz. It's on the south coast near Brighton. Um, and I think it's more like 15th century. So it's more like all the 
um, knights with the full armor plate and there will be displays and combat and stuff like that. I'm not too much into that era, so I'm mostly going for the medieval market that they will have, <laughs> and mostly <laughs> because there is one cloth merchant that uh, is uh, one that uh, a lot of reenactors use because he's got really good uh, linen and wool and a lot of very nice fabrics and I need fabric. So I might just go <laughs> just so I can buy fabric of him. Uh, so I might do that on the Saturday. And then in the evening, I've got, um, I don't know if you, you're familiar with Eurovision uh, over in North America. No, what is that? So Eurovision is, <laughs> is this wonderful, wacky tradition i suppose it's been a uh, talk as you know eurovision right it's been around since like i don't know the 50s it's it's a super mm. old uh thing it happens every year it regroups most of the european countries and then some random countries like australia for some reason and it's basically a song contest there's a change in key in a song Ch uh, take a shot whenever there's like oh, pyrotechnics no. uh take a shot whenever and, and like honestly by by the first half hour you're already plastered it's <laughs> yeah, just yeah as someone who's done this... performing arts that sounds like it's going to be a terrible headache in the morning yeah, yeah. it's just it's just totally there's there's uh, Russian ba babushkas uh, singing their country songs uh, right after a heavy metal Italian band for and, uh, just uh, <laughs> yeah yeah you can, last you can year only... was pretty yeah just but Germany is always in the bottom. There's actually this rumor in Germany that they they sent the bad bands there on purpose otherwise they would have to host the competition you know <laughs> and they don't want to pay the money so that's why we sent this the same sounding catholic rock whatever boy band uh there <laughs> to lose on purpose it's uh it yeah actually, i think uh, yeah actually actually this year there was a bit of a drama around eurovision because we have this band oh. in germany called electric callboy and they auditioned for the eurovision song contest but they didn't make it uh, to the to the final six bands, and you know there was there was supposed to be a show yeah. where one of the bands is selected, and then but there was a petition to throw in Electric Callboy as a wild card. But the way they handled the 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 uh, NR, NRW, that's the radio host mm -hmm. hosting and organizing this whole thing. They kind of handled this in very in a very arrogant way, and it really gave a, a backlash. And well, in the end, they're still not going there, but they they are they are coming out really really strong. I recommend you. I really would recommend them to you. Electric Callboy. Check it out. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'll, I'll check it out. Well, it's what's really funny, funny is uh, with um, so I don't. There was a, a lot of memes come out and. Yeah, a lot of uh, uh, viral videos and memes come out of Eurovision every year. You might remember uh, Epic Sax Guy. Yes. <laughs> yes, that is from Eurovision. Um, who else was that? There's, oh, that was years ago. That's almost like a decade ago. There was this, I think, Norwegian like metal, death metal band that came on stage with like full on makeup and costumes looking like demons and i think they were i can't remember their name but they were quite famous and 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 scandinavia has a reputation now to always send metal bands uh like heavy mm. metal and and death metal bands to eurovision which is quite fun Nothing um, that. yeah there's well, always some some fun things coming out of it they're sending over their viking selves 
what they've been doing for the last yeah. 500 years. <laughs> <laughs> kind of. Well, it sounds like fun. I, I've been Googling it while you've been talking about it. So I'll probably check and see what we've got on YouTube. Mm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What about you, Tokus? Do anything fun over the last week? Well, uh, fun for me. I finally got a new kitchen after a month. We, a friend of my girlfriend, they wanted to get rid of their new kitchen because they wanted to get a, a kitchen with, you know, different gimmicks and stuff like that. So they, we, we took their kitchen over and it's now finally set up. For a whole month, this whole kitchen was everywhere in my flat, except in the kitchen. <laughs> like we had 40 square meters and we were living on 20 and eating uh, frozen food and delivery service for a month. And it's, you know, I I do cooking for a living and I it's my passion. I enjoy it. And now finally being able to cook again, it's just... I already posted some pictures, actually, on the server about my, my cooking there. The other day nice. I was make, I was making burgers, pasta. And I'm cooking twice a day for us here. It's just awesome. Oh. I, yeah, yesterday I made a whole duck for us. Oh, a duck? All so good. A, Yummy. A, a, a Barbarie, Barbarie duck, it's called. Mm. Uh, from, from France, actually, getting a... I separated all different uh, parts, made a sauce out of the bones, but uh, didn't uh, make sure not to waste anything of that piece. You're making me hungry, Tolkis. Yeah, me too. Yeah. <laughs> I was just yeah, thinking don't, don't, it's dinner time. <laughs> don't, don't get me start talking about food. It's just, uh, I have to, we have this in chat sometimes where I keep talking about food and what to do and how to improve someone's dish. <laughs> and I start drawling as I speak and the other guy is usually like, a cop, shut up. I'm hungry. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, yeah. we should probably get to some Valheim stuff on this Valheim podcast. <laughs> but uh, yeah, my my weekend was uh, I hosted my monthly poker tournament. Uh, we had seventeen of, uh, of my friends come out, and I seventeen. Yeah, wow. mm -hmm. uh, yeah. We usually have between ten and twenty, and yeah, this this month was seventeen, and and I took first. Woohoo! I took everybody's money. <laughs> Whoa, well done. <laughs> so that was. <laughs> but uh yeah and i was up till five in the morning cleaning up after everybody left <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, but it was fun it's always a good time but uh so we're going to talk about some uh, new valheim videos that uh, a few of us posted over the last week and just recently i posted a video called the ultimate block trainer that i recorded with kondo kondo is a sort of a valheim engineer and he builds all kinds of um uh, spawners and uh, trainers and uh, all kinds of interesting things on the server. And so he showed me how he built his block trainer using uh, skeleton archers. So uh, that was a lot of fun. And it's crazy how fast you can max out your uh, shield blocking skill, uh, get it all the way up to 100. He said, if starting from around 20 or less, you can get there in about 25 or 30 minutes. So that's Really? That's pretty fast. Wow. And how about you, Gwen? Did you get any uh, videos up this last week? Not really. I've been busy with uh, work and life, so haven't dedicated much time. O apart from streaming the, uh, the Star Wars build competition last week, I didn't really put any new content out. But I am working on uh, fin maybe final, maybe there'll be more, I don't know, but one clip, um, another clip out of the 
interview we did with Grimcore uh, a month ago now. Um, and then I might do the highlights of the Star Wars builds, uh, just showcasing some of the uh, winning builds that we had because there, there was so many amazing builds there. It was, wow. I think we were all a bit blown away by the the competition and the amazing stuff that people had built. I love So the yeah, I might do like a highlight video from that. Yeah, and it was hard to judge because there, there, it was so close. There were so many amazing builds. It, it, it felt it, it was tough for me not to say that they were all first place because <laughs> yeah. for different reasons, I loved each each one of them. But yeah, I was thinking mm. about doing a video on each individual build, like uh, just mm-hmm. to showcase it because they really deserve it. They're they're so cool looking. Yeah, oh, yeah. absolutely. I just loved how people were really taking... So first of all, most people have built it in survival mode, uh, which made it even more impressive. Uh, the fact that they had to gather all the resources to to make those builds. And, and a lot of... Most of the builds were huge. They were really big builds. Um, mm-hmm. And they really took advantage of the atmosphere, of the... They chose their biomes wisely, and they really put a lot of thought into the set piece and how things were presented, which I really appreciated. So yeah, it was pretty impressive. Yeah, definitely. What about you, Marie? What, uh, what do you have going on over there on Twitch this last week? So over on my channel at diamond dust, the, uh, just this past Monday, I did, uh, broadcast a great folding event and, Normally for me, I will be broadcasting. Uh, no map is Wednesday night, and then I also do broadcasts on Tuesdays, uh, Wednesday mornings, Thursdays, and Saturdays. But Valheim will be Wednesdays, Thursdays either in the morning or the evening, and then Saturday is always Valheim. And a new upcoming series I'm planning on doing for YouTube is very much a back to basics to help new players coming into the game, be able to set up shelter and at least get themselves on their feet before they go trying to take on the world of Valheim. Cool. Oh yeah. And there's always new players coming in Valheim, uh, Iron Gate reported they had a, what, 10 million uh, sold. So we know that there are still people, you know, constantly coming in and, and yeah, returning to basics and, I, I'm sure there's a still a huge audience for that, so that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Should definitely subscribe over on uh, Twitch there to Diamond Dust. Is it Diamond Dust on YouTube as well? Yes. Yep. Everything's Diamond Dust. Um, that's my uh, online persona. Cool. Cool. Well, and as far as Valheim official news, we didn't have uh, anything put out. I've been lurking on um, their all their social media platforms and they've shared a few pictures and videos of just in game footage, uh, but nothing, no real news about anything coming up. So we'll just have to be patient for that. I, I know I, every, I still get tons of peak comments on my YouTube videos asking when is uh Mislens going to be released. I don't know why they're asking me. <laughs> uh, I mean, maybe I, they think I have some insider information or something, but uh, nope, nope, they don't, they, don't, they don't tell me that. But we just got to be patient. Yeah, exactly. Grimcore, um, a.k.a. Robin, told us, uh, when was it, two weeks ago, two, three weeks ago, that 
they don't want to put out any dates or make any promises about Mistlands because they'd rather work on making the content good and whatever, however long that takes. Um, they don't want to put rush and put something out that's going to disappoint players, which I totally respect and I, I also prefer that. So I'm glad that they're taking the time. If it's going to be anything like the Frost Caves update, I'm so excited because it's going to be gorgeous design-wise. I mean, the sneak previews that we got in terms of the images that they showed, it looks like it's going to be a beautiful biome. So yeah, I'm excited. I'll wait for it. It's fine. There's plenty of other things that we can do in the meantime. It'll be done when it's done mindset. I really like that compared to when we all look forward to some other certain AAA titles that really didn't deliver. I I have a lot of hope in what Iron Gate's doing. And you just set yourself up for backlash if you announce a, a date or a time frame and then you can't make yeah. it, which mm-hmm. uh, is unfortunate that people have that attitude. I sometimes mm-hmm. defend them in, in my YouTube comments. When they say they should be releasing more content and quicker, they've got all that money, blah, blah, blah. And I say, no, they should do what they want. And if you like what they do, then you're, you stick around. And if you don't, you know, Mm -hmm. there's other things out there. If you think you can do it better than them, do it. Good (laughs) luck. Well, I mean, also it's still early access, Mm -hmm. first of all, and it's only $15. Like, come on. For $15, the content that we have so far is great. It's, oh, yeah. uh, in my opinion, yeah. almost underpriced. So uh, what? What? Are, why are people expecting so much out of something that's already great that they're not paying a lot for and that's still early access? It's like, sometimes I just don't get it. Yeah, so, yeah. Been playing survival games for a while uh, after coming mostly from uh, FPS games for a long time and MMOs. Uh, to survival and and now all i ever want to play is survival games uh mm-hmm. and and valheim's one of those and i think valheim was got so big it attracted a lot of non-survival uh gamers who are, aren't used to survival games and and don't understand really understand the uh the nature of survival games and the nature of survival games really are you have the tool sets to create your own content whether it be by yourself yeah, it's a sandbox or, yeah it's a sandbox and uh, they don't, they, they want the MMO. They want to come in and have all the content and then go through the content. And when they're done with it, they want more content when hmm, it's really, it's there for you to make your own content. But mm-hmm. um, Minecraft players understand that and you know, other, you know, people have played survival games, but yeah. So anyways, let's move on to some server events and updates that have, things that have been going on, on our uh, magnificent community that we have, uh, Gwen, you want to uh, tell us about some things that are going on over there? Yeah, so we welcomed three new members in the past week. Uh, so welcome to Droog, Fortuna, and Wick. Uh, we, if for anyone who's interested in joining a wonderful and friendly and healthy uh, and fun community on Valheim, you can find all the information on jerokthevikingcom You'll find all the information about the community itself, about the different servers that we have, and you can apply to join our servers. Um, we've had a, a bit of interest on our Discord as well, which you can join. It's the same. It's uh, Jirox, uh, well, no, actually the Discord is Jirox Viking Playground. Uh, we usually have the link in the description of the Podheim episode. And uh, yeah, if you want to just, if you're not quite ready to join, but you want to 
have a, a sense for how the community is. You can join us, chat with us in Discord and uh, see what we're up to. Uh, but yeah, we had a couple of cool events. Uh, most of the events and initiatives from the community, from our, our community managers and uh, players, we conducted an auction, like a silent auction over the past week. The auction ended on Saturday, I believe. And we, I think I spoke about it a little bit last week. So we had a number of builds and old bases and um, plots that we wanted to kind of recycle of either players who had moved on or who had left or players who just wanted to give away some of their old builds because they are working on something else. And so we listed uh, them all and uh, we had some auctioneers running the whole thing, listing out everything and uh, keeping track of all the bids. We did all the bidding on Discord and uh, yeah, it was kind of fun to watch. I don't have enough coins, so I couldn't bid on anything <laughs> um, because I'm poor on this server because I barely have time to really mine for coins. Uh, but yeah, a lot of people were uh, splashing out their coins and uh, their uh, amassed cash um, on some of the builds. And it was quite interesting to see the ones that were the most popular. There was a few block trainers actually that Kondo put on uh, uh, on auction. There was a, a couple of really beautiful builds and castles and things like that. Um, and uh, yeah, it was fun to watch like the last hour of bidding. The, the Discord channel got a bit crazy. People were like competing and bidding over each other. And it was quite, quite a fun event uh, that we did. And um, yeah, currently people are throwing out ideas. A, a couple of players want to try out PvP, but do it in a kind of a friendly and uh, non-griefy way. So we're just throwing ideas out, uh, throwing ideas around and trying to find ways to include more PvP events for those who want to take part, um, maybe doing some sort of tournament to test the waters, that kind of stuff. So yeah, uh, it's one of the perks or the nice things about being in this community. Everyone can come up with ideas and can test out ideas. And we really encourage our, our players to take initiative and uh, come up with events and organize things for the community. So um, yeah, that's been, that's been quite fun. I think there's now that the uh, Star Wars build competition is over, we'll be able to focus our attention to some of our community builds that have been ongoing. There's a couple of cool things that we've been working on. There's a, a, a bath house that kind of evolved into a, a, a multiple baths of like public baths around the world kind of project where we've got like a Finnish sauna, we've got a Japanese bath, a Roman mm -hmm. bath and all sorts of like little buildings that we're trying to, uh, to build. So there's that, that we want to work on. And then I've got this absolutely crazy idea project that I'm trying to get other people who are more talented at building to, to, to help me with. I think the idea was make a place to, to make the gods jealous. I don't remember, but Jirok wanted something like... Oh, the bathhouse. Like, yeah, exactly. Like something yeah, the, the totally bathhouse was, crazy. Well, yeah, so the, the bathhouse to uh, idea. So basically Jirok, when he started the server had this little spot that was built around ne just next to spawn that was a little... Well, it was a bathhouse because... Uh, I don't know why it was a bathhouse. Was it because of the hot tub? Yeah, I think it was because at the time, hot tubs were new and they gave you comfort. And basically, you built a, like a max comfort zone for players to 
take advantage of. I think you had like literally everything that you needed to get to that uh, 20, 21 comfort level. Um, and that, I don't really know why, but it got destroyed at some point, Duroc, right? I, I never knew if you did it on purpose or if it was low-key or if it was something else, but it got destroyed. And then you tasked us to build the next, the new, the better, improved bathhouse, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah I was looking for building projects uh, to to do on the server because everybody seemed to enjoy uh, uh, build different community building projects. So I, I had a, a little scenario where Loki went in and, and uh, condemned the... So it was Loki then. Yeah, he condemned the bathhouse there yeah. because he wasn't, uh, you know, he, he, he wasn't being um, honored enough by the server, uh, by, by the <laughs> players. You know, they were smart talking him and stuff, especially during events and, you know, making people like Tolkas get mad when their boat gets crashed because people smart talk Loki and he sends more creatures oh, at yeah. him. <laughs> but so he condemned yeah. the bathhouse, but mainly that was just to, to start a new build project and the build project started and then uh, it got, it went pretty far. And then I think a couple of those people uh, had to take a break from the server and it's kind of been sitting there in limbo for a few months now. So it'd be nice to see if somebody picks that project up and, and tries yeah. to complete it. Mm -hmm. Well, it, it, in true uh, us fashion, of course, when uh, the community decides to do a building project, we don't do it half-assed. We decide to go crazy with it. And so from bathhouse, it became like a bath hub. And now we've got like five different buildings. As I said, um, it's like all inspired by public baths around the world and the tradition of, of public baths. So there's a, a sauna, there's a Roman bath, there's a Japanese house, there's a Turkish hammam, like... Yeah, we went a bit crazy with it. So that's why it's become a bit of a bigger project than it, we initially anticipated. And it's taking a, a bit longer, but it will be beautiful and amazing once it's done. So there's that. And then there's another um, even crazier project that's more of uh, my fantasy that I, I hope to see become reality, which is to make a, a fun island in Valheim, like a Disneyland cross Las Vegas type place so i have mm -hmm. this vision of i want a place that looks absolutely ridiculous with roller coasters casinos like <laughs> outrageous <laughs> stuff and i want to see that in valheim so we found an island for it we've uh, scoped out the island quite a while back um and uh and yeah i'm very curious to see if uh, if i'll manage to get people on board for this crazy project and what crazy ideas people come up with because uh yeah, mm -hmm. uh, that that could be quite fun. I don't. I've never seen anyone build roller coasters in Valheim. I've seen many boat slides, but not roller coasters. So <laughs> that's my challenge to the community. <laughs> a, ro a boat roller coaster. Hey, uh... maybe not hey. boat. Maybe you can do it with carts. Yes. Well, how do you uh, sit in the cart? You jump in. You just jump in oh. and then, uh, I don't know, oh. you can let it slide or you could do it with loxes. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I'm sure there's ways. People will find ways. <laughs> yes. Well, as long as they build it with uh, instances in mind so that it's not a huge lag fest going into the area. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think we can't really avoid that, unfortunately, with the, unless we make the builds like far enough apart. Um, I, I want to see a, uh, like a Las Vegas style strip, <laughs> you know, with like the Eiffel Tower, the fake Eiffel Tower and like fountains. And I want the thing to look completely ridiculous. That's my, <laughs> that's my goal. 
I just love how you started so, so well, how cr people are getting crazy about their builds. And the next thing you're talking about is basically cre recreating Las Vegas on the server. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Because so, yeah, people, why not? <laughs> so people, if you're interested in the server, we have a bunch of real estate that's basically for sale for basically nothing. And we have a lot of crazy people that you can make your craziest build ideas come through. So get your asses over here. <laughs> oh gosh. There we go. Oh, that's I think I'll stick to my farmhouse. <laughs> <laughs> I was so very conservative. Uh, that's fine. That's fine. And I just want to take a quick break from the show to share with you one of my sponsors, The Grimfrost, an amazing company that sells really, really cool Viking products. They have over a thousand different modern and historical Viking products. If you're interested, you should check them out. I have a link in the description, or you can go to my website, jirokthevikingcom slash Grimfrost. Now back to the show. We, the event that we ran this week for the Great Folding wasn't as crazy mm -hmm. as Las Vegas, but uh, people seem to have fun. Uh, we Every two weeks, we do the Great Foldings, a resource server resets with a new map and a new seed. And we do a big event or <coughs> build a POI. And this week, uh, Kondo... Um, built uh, these uh, this ruin these ancient ruins kind of like a big dungeon and we placed two of them one in the deep north and one in the ashlands and I also used a mod to fill in the deep north and the ashlands with content uh, so there's rocks and and copper and all kinds of stuff things around so it's not just this big empty wasteland still no creatures but uh at least it's got some more uh, stuff to run around and look at and and actually mine and harvest if you're interested in that so that it adds some something different to those areas while we wait for however long it takes to get those new biomes but the dungeons uh were really interesting. So Kondo used this kit called the Rudimentary Dungeon Kit. It's a bunch of uh, uh, pieces uh, that were built by somebody and and uh, with a mod, they're all saved and connected. And so you can place them and connect them together, your rooms and hallways and stuff to make your own dungeon. And so he did that. But then when he was done building that, he actually went through and spent about six hours positioning each block by hand to give it a little bit of um, a ruined look. So he would turn it a little tiny bit or mm. tilt it a little tiny bit. And he did it all to, to, so that it made sense. So if there was like one piece up high that, that was leaning or fell down, it affected the pieces below it. And so when you walk through this dungeon, it's just beautiful and amazing and it tells a story you can look at it and see where it was falling apart and how the parts that were falling apart affected other parts so it's a really beautiful design and then of course Very he well used, executed yeah and he used vines uh, all over the place to, to help age it even more so it's really immersive dungeon and uh We I infested it with uh, draugers, except uh, what did what did you call those draugers, Tolkis? Face huggers. Yeah, he called them face huggers, <laughs> like from the movie Aliens, because I mm. took I took the growth trophy, which is like this black gooey mess with these bones coming out the side of it, and I attached them to the heads of every draugr there. 
So mm-hmm. uh, it kind of like looked like <laughs> this alien uh, Draugr. And yeah, Tolkien called it a, a face hugger, which is appropriate. Yeah. yeah and then the final uh, boss, uh, Draugr, uh, which was a Draugr elite, I think it was level, uh, was a five or six star Draugr. Instead of having the face hugger growth of trophy on its head, it had the giant bone mass trophy on its head. So it was super <laughs> funny to watch it running around and giving everybody the business because they were expecting it to hit kind of soft like the other ones were. And uh, nope, it hit really hard. They instantly jumped out of the area where he was once it came at them. Um, mm-hmm. Well, when I showed up, I, I was rolling. I was rolling into the room with level four padded armor, a level three black metal tower shield. And I still got staggered when it made impact. <laughs> what, was it pretty funny looking uh uh, Marie, oh, was, when you first ran in, it was and you hilarious saw, to look at. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. bone mass statue running at you, <laughs> or the trophy. Yeah. I remember we were walking through, and then uh, okay, we got a, a bunch of face uh, face huggers in there, and oh shit, there's big face. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that became the nickname for uh, yeah. the bone mass trophy uh, uh, Draugr. Yeah, they just called him Big Face because all, all you see is the big face running around. You don't. You can barely <laughs> even see the Draugr. <laughs> it's just a floating head hitting you in the face. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Um, so yeah, everybody seemed to have fun with that, and uh, they had an hour time limit to complete both dungeons uh, before the relics would fade away. But uh, the, mm-hmm. they they were able to uh, complete it both both of them and uh, yeah they had fun and that was the second event for our new relic fragment system where if they complete the event they get a relic fragment all the participants and even the uh, builders on the server so there's a group of people who stay behind don't go into combat and they stay back to build um, uh, what the, what we call Nuomi which is the new version of Naomi on the resource server which is a hotel for everybody to to store their stuff and rest and get their buff and set up their portal but uh, that it's, it's needed every two weeks and they rebuild it every two weeks from scratch and so since mm-hmm. they don't participate in the combat event they um, they still get to get their relic fragment for participating and helping the the uh, combatants and it seems to be a system that everybody's enjoying and they can use these relic fragments to turn in and get a, a special item after they've get 10 of them after a few weeks. So, so we're going to go on. We're going to talk about some of the things that we'd like to see changed in the game. Possibly if we had a magic button that we could push. And you know, of course, we all love the game so much and they're coming out with a lot of cool things that we don't even know about. But uh, since the vision has been so good so far, I'm I trust whatever they're doing, but there's always little things that we uh, have on our wish list. And Marie, what what would be on your wish list if you could change something? There was a couple things. I one other one came to mind just recently, but one thing I would like to do, like to see happen, primarily because I do a lot of farming, is possibly with the artisan table be able to craft a plow to Mm. put behind a loxen so that way you can till and plant a little bit faster especially because barley and flax takes a long time to plant it to get a lot of it all right and one other one that came to mind was also 
changing seasons. Like you would have your spring, summer, fall, winter, where like summer, your crops would grow a little bit faster. It wouldn't be cold at night, but mobs Mm -hmm. are much more active at night. That's a really cool concept. I've not thought of that at all, but it makes sense. If it was a, like a feature that you could activate in the game that you don't need to do, but for some of us who play long term and who have servers that have been going for a long time, it makes total sense because then you have to not only plan your exploration and your days like you normally do uh, to avoid going out exploring at nighttime and all, all of that fun stuff, but you would need to actually plan, like pay attention to the days and to the months and plan out your seasons as well. Like you said, try to farm, have like a harvesting season and a hunting season. And uh, mm-hmm. and in the winter, you have to do other things to try to survive. It's Flexwood. really cool yeah. concept. Yeah, in winter, yeah. you have wolves running around all over the place because there's basically snow everywhere. Yeah, or things like um, you can't, maybe you, you find less uh, deers and boars in the winter. Berries. So you have to, again, yeah. like stock up on your on your meat and yeah. Like maybe but the seasons change like- every 90 days or something. Or yeah. maybe 120 days. But so that That would be actually huge. It would I, be a very a tall thing. order for Iron Gate. But yes. It might be a good concept. Yeah, there's not a lot of uh, games that have uh, changing seasons. And I, I remember a lot of games have discussed it. Uh, um, and there uh, it seems like they're, they're mostly, most games seem to get changing weather into the game mm-hmm. uh, is a pretty big mm-hmm. uh, deal. But, but Valheim already has great weather changes. Uh, so, yes, thinking about seasonal changes would be absolutely awesome. I'd love to see snow covering um, all over mm. the place for a, a period of time for winter, because it's one of the reasons I love building in the mountains is the snow cover making everything white. It's just kind of a very pretty look. Well, maybe it's something that modders could work on because the, all the environments exist already. You've got the meadows environment, which is more of a like a summer uh, or the plains is more like a summer uh, environment and climate and then the mountains is the the winter one you, you the environments are there so maybe with mods it could be possible to have to enforce certain environments in all biomes uh and and kind of make that the seasons and reduce uh reduce the abundance of certain spawns at certain times something to think about Winter yeah. time in the mm. swamp would be pretty good because the ground would freeze over. That would mm-hmm. be cool if they could do freezing of, of the water. That would be awesome. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Frozen ground. Oh. Mm, now you got us thinking. <laughs> you push you, you push that, that uh, magic but- button to change things really good today. <laughs> uh, yeah. Shout out to my <laughs> friend Joe for giving me the idea. Oh, awesome. Yeah. That's why we need more uh, more people around here in the <laughs> podcast because we can come on only with that many ideas. <laughs> and have it getting some yeah. fresh wind is always good. Yeah, I always struggle every week with this segment because I'm like, I I don't know. I I, I think I already said all the things that I'd like to see improved or changed or added. Um, <laughs> and and now that you drop this weather, not weather, the season bomb on us, mine looks really. 
kind of tiny in comparison. So tell, I was well, just going no, to no, say, no, no. I, I like what you have in mind. Yeah. So tell us, well, Gwen, what would you like to see changed? Yeah. So you gave me the, so initially I had something else, but I'll keep that in my back pocket for next week. Cause next week I'll struggle again anyway. But, uh, when you were talking about having a plow for the locks when farming, I think it's something that might have come up in some of our interviews or, or discussions, but it would be good to, to be able to pull carts or have locks pull carts. Cause it would make the carts a bit more uh, usable and useful. I know, was it you, Dirac, last week or a couple of weeks ago who were not complaining, but just mentioning that carts <clears throat> are a bit underutilized in the game, mostly because they're really difficult to pull around. Yeah. Uh, especially when mm-hmm. they're really uh, heavy, weighted down by all the things that you've put in, in the carts. So it may, it would make sense for the loxes to be able to pull them. And that could solve that problem because the loxes are lot stronger than us Vikings and Shield Maiden. So I'm sure they would have no difficulty pulling a car up a hill and that kind of stuff. And yeah, it just makes makes it more fun as well. Because mm-hmm. everyone loves riding loxes. So you could be riding your locks and then also pulling stuff. So kind of kill two birds with one stone. Well I want that big huge cart that Haldor has behind his locks. Oh, That's yeah. Halstein's that, wagon. Yeah. It would look yes. a little weird if the Lox was pulling our little carts, but yeah, a nice big cart <laughs> like that. You get a bunch of Vikings in there going for a hayride, pulling all your my, your ore up the hill. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Mm. Well, even it would be fun if we had the option to have carts that you could build on, because then you could build little caravans and you could have Aye. a little bed in there with a cooking station or a few chests to store stuff. And you could be a nomad in the game, just... Like Haldor, <laughs> just set up camp wherever, have everything in your cart, have like a bed uh, and a little tent on the cart and just live a nomad Viking life. There is a great okay. mod out there that has these really specialty carts like what you're talking about. And I'd love to figure out a, a server that we could use them on. Mm, implementing implementing trailers into the game. The, uh, <laughs> okay. However... We wouldn't have the one special thing that Haldor has, those wards. Mm. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Those are good. Oh, yeah, the little protection ward. The box. Oh, the boxes? You, yeah, the box he's standing on. <laughs> Something we don't have, the box he's standing on. <laughs> no, I don't think Haldor even has that box. <laughs> yeah, so- oh, yeah, they, they messed it up. <laughs> yeah, sometimes he's not even properly standing on it. <laughs> yeah, sometimes he's just floating above the ground. Well, for some reason, yeah. he's always at my front door of my sky house, and it's like, no, Haldor, I don't want to buy things from you. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So, Tokus, what uh, would you change if you could? Uh, we had this in an interview, actually, where we were talking about adding new enemies to the biomes, because right now, enemies are a good challenge, and it's but their, their challenge lies in their numbers. Like, let's take, let's take the planes, for example. Uh, one fueling, a piece of cake, a patrol, three fuelings, eh, that's fine. But you run into a village and there's 20 fuelings uh, coming for you, you better start running. Yeah. <laughs> and I would, what I would wish for, as we were talking, like, I would wish for a single strong entity like the Abomination and the Swamp and the fueling Berserker and the Plains. I would wish for a strong entity for every biome. A single strong is like, uh, well, in the Black Forest, we kind of have to troll. 
Peplum's okay. I would maybe like one more. Maybe in the meadows, it could be maybe a bear. And mm. and for mountains, I would honestly make the the fen, fen, Fenring wolf spawning in at night much way stronger. That thing is yeah. a joke. Yeah, no well, the golems are kind of those big, yeah. tanky, um, scary mobs in the mountains, yeah. but you can kind of, you can outrun them. And the Fenring, you're, you're right, like they, they look scary the first time you encounter them, but they're not yeah. actually that hard to defeat. Yeah. Like I've I, never struggled with one. I've struggled many times with wolves, normal wolves, but mostly yeah. because they're often in packs, but yeah. not so much with the Fenring. Exactly, and let's be honest. Uh, I, when when people see a stone golem, I don't hear "Ah, oh, no, stone golem." I hear "Oh, let me get my pickaxe, pickaxe. I'm gonna jump on that thing." <laughs> Yeehaw! <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's not scary at all. Well, that kind of goes into one of the things that I would change as well, and it's basically the the game presents a really fun challenge during your first playthrough because you you're just getting to know all the rules. Like when you first walk into this beautiful yellow grassy area with a bunch of red flowers, and you think, "Oh wow, this is a really pretty area," and then you know you get zapped by a death mosquito and you're dead, or feelings or a lock stomp on your head. It's just mm-hmm. because you don't know because you're you know you're early in game and you don't know that you shouldn't be in the planes yet but after your first playthrough and if you keep playing the game you got all the max gear the game's definitely way too easy the enemies even the bosses um, mm-hmm. and if you start over because you you are you know what to expect you can avoid the danger or quickly overcome it so uh, mm-hmm. a lot of my the other survival games i've played they have in the single player mode uh, sliders where you can actually adjust difficulty of various things in the game mm. and i would love mm. to see something yeah. like that implemented especially for for server admins so that we can adjust difficulty uh to bump mm-hmm. it up uh, right now we could do it a little bit with mods but if you're trying to run a mostly vanilla valheim server like myself um, then we don't really have the option to make anything difficult except when i run an event and i manually spawn in higher level mobs uh, mm-hmm. so yeah um, sliders to to adjust the difficulty of various things would be an awesome addition to the game. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, I was actually thinking of that um, because yeah, that's the problem is once you're late game in padded armor, everything, n- nothing is a challenge anymore apart from maybe the bosses. But all the mobs are you can take many of the bosses out in one swing, and it's yeah just makes the game a little bit less threatening, which mm-hmm. isn't always a good thing because then you're not challenged and you could get a bit bored. So uh, I agree. Those kind of sliders or a way you can scale the difficulty with the, the amount of time you spent on, on that world uh, would be good. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's another mod and it offers a couple of options for difficulty. One of them is as the world ages, the mobs get tougher. So they'll have more and more stars way, way beyond two. They could have three, four or five. Oh, and then they they get special abilities as well uh, as they go where they can poison you now. They could do lightning strikes, fire, cold attacks, all these things. Uh, that would be great. Yeah. 
And we, we might see some of that on our seasonal server because we are going to be modding that server. So that's as the mm -hmm. age of the world, the mobs get tougher. And then there's another option that I really liked, and it's as you get further out from the center of the world. So the map actually gets encoded with these circles, and you can kind of see that the further out you get, the tougher the mobs that you're going to see are, you know, because the world gets more dangerous the further you get out. So that's another option. And, you know, some, some options like that in in, in the standard vanilla version of the game, along with the sliders, would be an awesome addition. But maybe after 1.0, they'll start thinking about some things like that for us. That would actually be really good. Because as you said before, we have to switch away. The further away you get, the, more, the higher the chance that there's a two-star thing spawning in. But then it's just, you know, you, you know, ah, okay, if I go that way, it's more, it's more like I'm going to find strong opponents. Then you just avoid it, usually. Right. Yeah, yeah. So oh. making making that uh, exploring a little more exciting because you know if you're getting further away, it's going to get more dangerous. Yeah. Well, speaking of mods, the wonderful world of mods segment. We're we're going to talk about a, a favorite feature from some of the mods that we uh, like to use or have experimented with. Uh, Marie, you want to tell us a, one of your favorite features from a mod? One of my favorites is place all items that that mod specifically because it place all items on an item stand. You mean? Yeah, that that specific mod, especially let's go back to the, the Christmas event. Mm. The amount mm. of things you can do with all the stuff in Valheim. Phenomenal. And I'm kind of surprised that like you in the vanilla game, there's just some things you couldn't put on there. Like, you mm -hmm. put a carrot on an item stand, you can put an onion on, on an item stand, but you couldn't put a turnip in a, on an item stand. Like, what makes <laughs> yeah. the turnip <laughs> That's the... I, I, I find a little bit of enjoyment in the small things like that. And mm -hmm. just the amount of decor that I have seen come out, like Thorin's hammer. Mm. Oh, yeah. Phenomenal. Yeah. Using the, uh, what is it, the Thunderstone that you get from yes. Haldor? Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that thing's really cool, especially if you can put it on an item stand. But I, I don't think you can do that with vanilla. No, really. and also some, uh, well, we've seen on the chandelier competition recently, there's like so many beautiful chandeliers and decorations, crazy decorations you can do. Uh, there's, uh, there's uh, I've been, so Bambi, who won that chandelier competition, it, it has worked on some stuff that looks like a rainbow. So I've already commissioned a beautiful rainbow flag for Pride Month uh, that we'll put somewhere in, in, in on the server. Uh, yeah, there's lots of things that you can do with that mods that you can't in vanilla, which is a shame. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, I remember the dev saying that they were taking a look at... Um, uh, more items and what makes sense to be able to put on to an item stand. Uh, I know that they there's there seems to be the vision from um, Richard Svensson that he wants things to be very immersive in in his vision for the world. Uh, and but perhaps many of the items on there like turnips. You don't have to be a turnipist. <laughs> what do you got against turnips? You don't want to put them on an item stand. <laughs> uh, but some other things too that they might allow us. To uh, mm -hmm. I, I understand not letting everything on an item stand, but really most of the pieces that are out there seem so great for 
for item stands, especially if you want to get into like a little bit of the magic lore and you want to build a room that has sort of a feel of the magic that is in the, you know, in this world of Valheim and the, the gods and, you know, we've got shaman and we've got cultists and whatnot. So being able to decorate in, in the magical themes with like dragon yeah. tears and other things, eh, it seems like something that would be great if they just allowed, but we'll see what they do. Yeah. Actually, I just called every, every time someone mentions developers and what would be the reason behind that one and that I can, I catch my eyebrow going up there <laughs> actually like, what? Why would, why would you need a reason? Do it. <laughs> Just, I, 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 know I, now every time I hear some, the, the devs say, well, why, why should we do that? I just hear Tolkis's voice in the back of my head because it's fun. Do it. <laughs> just do it. <laughs> the reason is fun is the reason. <laughs> you can just see the, the, the smoke coming up from Europe just, and then <laughs> making the words in the sky. Just do it. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, how about you, Gwen? What, what feature from a mod do you really enjoy? Uh, I've been enjoying the clock mod by Nexus. Uh, it's a very handy tool when you want to keep track of your day and you want to time things uh, and you can't be bothered to build a solar uh, clock. So yeah, that one is quite handy. I prefer it where you can... So the, I think the default option is it actually gives you the... Um, the time in digits, but I prefer the one where you, you can set it up so that it just says early morning, um, morning, afternoon, late afternoon, evening. So it's a bit more vague and that keeps things a bit more immersive because having the exact time at the second, uh, to like to the minute and to the second was I don't know, it was kind of killing the vibe a bit for me. So I prefer <laughs> the the evasive, it's late afternoon. It might be 4 p.m. It might be 5 p.m. Maybe it's going to be night in a few seconds. Mm. Um, but yeah, at least it gives you a good indication of time. And, and it's a mod that you can, yeah, you can kind of adjust it to what you want um, and where you want to display it and stuff like that. So I quite like that one. Cool. And what about you, Tolkas? You got a feature from a mod you really enjoy? I just really enjoy the farm grid mod that allows you to place the crops in a grid. It just makes your life so so comfortable and you know when I, when I do the the farming I just I'm tr I'm trying to go in a straight line but then you know you make one slight turn left and right and it ju just does not look straight and I like my lines to be very straight so <laughs> so that's just you know that it's just uh, the the inner monk you may call it <laughs> so th so that mod helps your OCD huh yeah, and it's just uh, so it's just much way more efficient that way. You can plan ahead what to do or where to go, and just so so comfortable. <laughs> yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. I I do. It is always a little weird when I when I visit uh, people's builds and I see their farm and I see these perfect grid lines. Because uh, I've been, you know, with, when I when I'm I'm working with builders for our new seasonal server, 
our adventure map. And I, I tell them, you know, build the clean structure first with where all the lines and everything's perfect and then go through and, you know, using um, a mod to have more rotation points and everything to tweak everything, to make it look ruined and messed up. And, and that it feels more immersive. And so when mm-hmm. I see a hand planted uh, farm, it, it feels more immersive. Like that's real. And then I, when I see these farm grid ones, I think, Oh, no, and now I, I'm in, I'm in the matrix. You ruined it for me. <laughs> you broke the illusion. <laughs> mm. But you're right; it, it does look much cleaner, and you do get max uh, use out of your space because you're not messing yes. up your lines. Mm-hmm. Well, for me, uh, one of the uh, favorite features is from the Infinity Hammer by Jirkusala, a mod that uh, I helped him develop uh, based on a feature request that I made to him. He did all the work, of course, to make it. I just told him what I would love to see, and he he made it happen. But one of the great features from that is sampling build pieces. Now, a lot of survival games have this option, and Valheim didn't. You know, in Valheim, you, when you equip the hammer, then you got to open up the the hammer menu, and you got to go through the different tabs and find the the piece that you want to build uh, in that menu. And if you switch pieces, then you have to go back and find the piece every single time. And if you're switching between pieces, you know, that can take a while. Well, the Mm -hmm. sample feature uh, allows you to point at any build piece, sample it, and then your hammer will equip that build piece. So you don't have to look in the menu. To, mm-hmm. to build that piece. And that is amazing. When I'm doing admin stuff, admin events, admin builds, points of interest for the server, it makes things go so much faster. So if you like to build in creative mode or run a- events for your server, you absolutely have to have Infinity Hammer, if nothing else. It does a lot of other mm-hmm. things, but for that sample, it's amazing. Oh, yeah. All right, so this week we're going to talk about uh, some of our favorite things in Valheim, and we're going to talk about one of our favorite features of Valheim. Gwen, what is one of your favorite features of Valheim and why? Um, I really enjoy sailing in the game. I It took me a while to understand how it worked when I first tried to sail a boat. Um, obviously, the cart is pretty straightforward, but the, the other boats... You, well, no, actually, even the cot has the same mechanic. But yeah, it's not s- the most intuitive thing. I had to ask a few friends I was playing with to explain to me how to make the boat work, <laughs> basically. <laughs> but once you get a hang of it, it's quite nice because it, it is uh, quite immersive, again, because it's quite true to how you would normal normally sail a boat. And uh, yeah, I like that you have to take into account things like the wind and... Uh, the waves and stuff like that. So yeah, it's a pretty enjoyable experience. Uh, it's something that normally you end up having to do a lot of <laughs> sailing. So yeah, it's quite uh, quite a fun thing to do. I like to do the uh, the whole drift parking the boat mm. <laughs> once you reach the destination and try to wedge it right on the beach sideways so that everyone else then needs to push the boat to get it out. It's always a fun experience in the multiplayer uh, <laughs> server. Oh, now I got to see Gwen do a YouTube video where she's <laughs> she's drifting different parking like spots. Like drift, but on a, on a boat. <laughs> yeah. Mm. But then there needs to be those animated lines plus some Eurobeat in the background as it's happening. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> 
Absolutely. Mm. Well, what about you, Tolkas? What's one of your favorite features of Valheim? Well, I like sailing as well, I, but I usually do the typical Nordic beach landing, just just going, just going in full speed on the shore. But what I like as well is riding on a locks. It's just I recall when we had the first event, how we rode up to that undead castle on loxes and then fought a whole army of draugers and skeletons with tamed loxes side by side. That was actually pretty awesome. I have, I still have the, the, these loxes in my, in my farm standing around within, I had, had names and characters written about those loxes and it was just cool. It just makes me feel wholesome looking at them, <laughs> thinking about the old days. Uh, yeah, we have to get more events uh, that could include loxes because, yeah, I don't see um, as many people riding the locks around. And I think it, the locks sort of suffers from the same thing that roads and carts suffer from, and it's the portal syndrome. Yes. It's just there's too many portals in the game. They're too easily accessible. There's no majesty behind mm-hmm. portals. It's just everybody just uses a portal. Um, and, uh, e- even boats a little bit suffer from, from portals, except of course, mm-hmm. you know, you have to use the boat to get your, your aura around, but yeah, mm-hmm. the loxes, the loxes, the carts, building roads and boats, they all need some love. And I think the easiest way to get them some love would be to restrict portals <laughs> mm-hmm. more, but yeah. Okay. That's cool. That's cool. Riding along a lox. That's awesome. Marie, how about you? What are, what is one of your favorite features? So mine is actually the comfort and rested feature and the fact that you develop it over time. It's not just a static, okay, you rest, you get this much rested buff for the day. It's more, okay, you've added this to your home. It increases your comfort and you don't really have to have a big place to make it work. I've seen builds where you have like, for example, your bathhouse. Uh, yeah, you dug a hole underneath it to add the other bar- parts and pieces. However, if you're not one that prefers to just constantly be out on the road adventuring, you prefer to be on the home side like me, there's always still things for you to go out venturing for to help make your homestead better, especially getting the uh, artisan table and getting mm-hmm. the windmills, the spinning wheels. It just makes everything on the homestead better. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting mechanic, the uh, the development of the, the home and the comfort buff. A lot of games, even survival games I played, they still use the MMO system where it's you level up your character mm-hmm. and that's how tough you are. But in Valheim, you do have skills that level up, but really, if you're if you want to be tough in Valheim, you have to do two things. You need to... Get a decent rested buff before you go out and you have to, you know, eat really good foods for whatever task you're going to do, whether it's more stamina or or health driven. So, yeah, that that building up of that rested buff is such a unique mechanic that I, I don't I've never seen in another game. And yeah. uh, it's just it's it's fun because it's decorative, too. Right. It's not just mm-hmm. uh, oh, yeah. a utility. Yeah. Most of my friends are still waiting on Mistlands to come out. Yet I was, I was on the on the hype train, waiting for Hearth and Home to come out. That was my bread and butter right there. I was waiting for it. Well, for me, one of my favorite things in Valheim, uh, 
especially being a filmmaker, because this is so hard to do when I'm making films is just the amazing, uh, beautiful lighting in the game, uh, the weather, the atmospheric effects, you know, especially when the sun is setting or the sun is rising, you get that nice orange glow on one side of the uh, horizon and the other horizons uh, blue and then they blend into this beautiful purple and then you mix you know all the different weather effects whether it be rain or mist or you know the wind and everything it's so beautiful and I, I love making videos and always setting the lighting and the weather just so so that the scene looks pretty because it only takes me a few seconds to do as where on set, it would take me four hours to set up a scene and then actors come in for 10 minutes and shoot their scene and they leave. And then we spend another four hours setting up that beautiful scene. So it's like the exact opposite. <laughs> now I, I, I spend less time setting up the scene and more time making content. And, uh, uh, I wish life could be like that. <laughs> Maybe in, if if I ever get um, a Matrix type world, I could I could make that happen. It would be fun. Um, I recall. I think this was it, it was a day that Graham and some of the other devs were in. You were talking about like the God rays in Valheim, where the sun rays would be coming through the windows mm. and whatnot. That you had to be at a certain place at a certain time. When you were doing film or else you missed the moment. Yep. And, and you have to wait a whole day again. Yeah. I remember shooting a, well, several projects. There's one in particular, we we're out in a field and we had a crew of about 15 people and we had like two shots left to get and the sun was going to be out down so that we, it looked like, you know, it was too dark and it wouldn't fit the scene. And it was just right there on the horizon line and the sun was perfect. And we're literally all sprinting across this field <laughs> to, to get the <laughs> shot. We're like, no, wait, don't run too fast. Everybody be careful. Nobody get hurt. <laughs> you know, <laughs> don't drop the camera. Don't drop the camera. Yeah. <laughs> or the mics. <laughs> yeah. And the lenses. Oh, my goodness. The lenses are really some of the most expensive things. But mm -hmm. lighting and weather, being able to do that with just a couple of commands is amazing. And uh, mm -hmm. uh, Richard, for that presentation element in your game, for me, it's just one of the most amazing things. You nailed it. Mm -hmm. So we're going to close out today with, with one of our favorite segments. And it's just uh, telling you a little bit about us, just a little bit, something about each of us, not necessarily Valheim related. Gwen, you have anything you want to share? Yeah. So one of my hobbies um, is swing dancing. Whoa. And because we <laughs> briefly spoke about it just before recording, Tolkus, explain to me your interpretation of swing dancing, please. <laughs> well, I had this picture of you basically, you know, these two kind of ropes, you, uh, silk ropes, you stick your kind of <laughs> legs through it, then you're just swinging around through the room, something like that. That's what I had in mind. Is, it like, so is is there a swing anywhere involved it sounds in swing more, dancing? Sounds more like an no. acrobatic performance. <laughs> yeah, that's what I had in no, mind. I mean, no. that made me smile. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's so funny. Um, I have, yeah, I have heard a lot of things. Usually, the joke is more like, "Oh yeah, what do you do? I do swing." No, 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 not that kind of swing. <laughs> oh no, not swinging. Oh, <laughs> exactly. Uh, but no, swing dancing. It's a partner dance. It's um, what uh, probably your grandparents used to dance. It's uh, user, it's a, like a partner dance that you dance to classic jazz from the 30s, 40s. 
So yeah, yeah. it's a it's a type of dance, uh, quite simply. Mm-hmm. Nothing to do with uh, actual swings, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's very fun. I've uh, really been enjoying that. I got into it a couple of years ago. I used to do a lot of it before the pandemic, but obviously with COVID, it wasn't really an option to be able to do partnered dances where you have to be close to people and a partner and uh, hold hands and things like that. So unfortunately, it kind of I had to leave it on uh, uh, on pause for a while, and I'm. St- finally starting to get back into it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's my interesting thing about me. How about you, Tulkas? Any uh, <laughs> any acrobatic stuff? Not not, <laughs> uh, not me. I used to swim, but one thing I really enjoyed was I took fencing lessons because I've, I've been a big fan of the Three Musketeers or the, the, the Russian movie, movies at least. And I wanted, and my mother made me a musketeer costume actually herself back then and i just took fencing Aww. lessons at some point and i was uh, like the olympics style fencing with a sword and mm-hmm. then yeah i was in my region of germany i was actually quite good won a couple of tournaments but then at some point we had just too many trainers switching around back and forth and there was school school was getting boring and uh, just you know was this time where I was losing interest. Fencing is fun. I, I did a bit of fencing like two, three years when I was a kid. It was mm-hmm. uh, good fun. But I at, at the time, I well, I'm still not very competitive. So I, I kind of stopped when it was, I, I progressed to the point where I was like, mm-hmm. normally people would start doing competition. And that's when I was like, nah, I'm good. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty useful when I was in theater and I could show the other guys like, hey, um, that's, that, thing is, that's, that's, that thing is not a claymore. You want to move, do small movements with that thing. Mm. It's, you know, mm-hmm. keep it keep it simple. It's not the. <laughs> yeah, no big swings with the. Uh, no. With keep those. It, it's keep all it. about precise movements and quick movements. Yeah, you you sound like you're making fun of it, but it's actually true. <laughs> no, 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 and it is true. It is true. Absolutely. Uh, but yeah, funnily enough, I kind of uh, so I I stopped fencing itself, but I kind of got back into sword fighting uh, mm. many many years later. Now, so interesting how you, yeah. how things from uh, your childhood kind of crop back. Yeah, I tried to get into Hema, but the, the club at my t- town I was living back then was. It was just uh, four elderly guys, just four friends hanging around, uh, sword fighting. And I was a teenager back then. And it was kind of weird being like, you know, I'm just there. Hey, yo. And there's a bunch of adults with me. It's like, eh, I don't know. It was not my, my style then. Well, Marie, what about you? What's an interesting fact you'd like to share? So for me, I am an Eagle Scout uh, for uh, Scouting of America. Formerly oh, known nice. as Boy Scouts of America. And that was pre-transition, as probably some of you have pieced together, I am a transgender woman. And as of recent, the uh, council that I'm a part of has issued me uh, some new new certificate and whatnot with my actual name on it now compared to my dead name. Mm. Mm. That's awesome. I've been to different high adventure bases uh, Philmont in New Mexico, the Florida Keys, the U.S. Canadian border. I've been I've been all across the country with uh, scouting, and it was an experience that really it it also impacts my play in Valheim 
because I take a much more prepared approach because of <laughs> our motto, be prepared. So I'm packing like six different types of foods going, just going on a trip to the black <laughs> forest and whatnot. Probably always carrying more than you need, but just think you have something for every situation. <laughs> mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. always uh, rations left behind just in case. Yeah, yeah. You're carrying bukeberries as well. Because that's like the one thing I <laughs> don't see anyone those? carrying with them. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 you, I call them pukeberries by this point. Do you, you, you know. Yeah. You, you eat what you take and you take what you eat. <laughs> Very common rule at the table. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's awesome. I, I, I did do scouts also when I was uh, a child and. Uh, it was great. I did the Cub Scouts. Um, I think I skipped with the Weeblos and I did, I, I went into the, to the Scouts, uh, the Boy Scouts. And, uh, unfortunately, because of a family situation, I wasn't able to continue all the way up to earn my Eagle Scout, uh, as what I wish I would you have. You know, I don't, I don't even remember, but it's probably two or three, uh, below that. I, I didn't get, like like one away from it or anything. Oh, so at least a first class or a star scout. That's still not anything to sneeze at. Oh yeah, still and takes I, I loved it. To. Yeah, I, I did love it, and I wish I, I, my family situation were different that I could have continued. But uh, um, that's awesome that you were able to to uh, mm-hmm. be in long enough to to get your Eagle Scout, and it's so much fun. It builds camaraderie and. You know, just life skills in general and social skills. It's it's such a great thing. Nothing to regret. Yeah. You are where you are right now. Yeah. Well, I think I'm going <laughs> to use that. I'm gonna, I, I think I'm going to use that as my, I had something else written up for my um, interesting fact. But uh, yeah, I'll just use that too. I, I did do scouts and, and uh, it was fun. But unfortunately, I didn't get to Eagle. But uh, so yeah, that's, that's about uh, us for this week. And I think that's going to close it up. Thanks for joining me, everyone, this week. Of course. Glad to be yeah, here. Yeah, it was fun. Yes, always fun. That's it for now. Have fun out there. Thank you for listening to Podheim, Jirox Valheim podcast. We have new episodes coming out every Friday. And if you enjoyed listening, please support us by subscribing to the podcast on your favorite platform and leave us a rating and a review to help more Vikings find us. We also have a Patreon with perks for supporters like behind-the-scenes discussions, exclusive content, and segments that are edited out of the main podcast. And if you'd like to join our friendly Discord community, We have more than a thousand people there. Just go to discord.gg slash Jirok the Viking. If you'd like to play on my Valheim servers, just go to my website at jirokthevikingcom and submit an application. I'd like to give a huge shout out to my supporters. Some of them on Patreon, the YouTube membership, and the ones who help boost our Discord server. Your support means the world to me and inspires me to make more videos, as well as run a community Discord and multiple Valheim gaming servers. If you enjoy my videos and would like to support my work, join our friendly Discord community and Valheim servers, links can be found in the description below. Skull!